Welcome to Janolaism. I am your host, Jasmine Nola, and this is my podcast where I say what I want and I keep it real. I discuss celeb gossip, reality TV, and everything I'm going through weekly. While I talk, I'm usually sipping my drink of choice. Now, that would have been my intro probably three years ago, but things have changed, and we are adding a new segment called Realish. This is going to be where I'm either talking about serious topics going on in the world or interviewing someone about a certain topic, whether it be race in America, becoming a mother, a business owner, so on, so on. You get it. I'm going to have a different guest every week. They're usually my friends or my family and sometimes literally a total stranger. So sit back and enjoy. This is my advice, my opinion, and as you all know, you can either take it or leave it. Welcome back to another episode of Jay Nolaism. I am your host, Jasmine Nola. Okay, so the episodes have been pretty heavy lately, pretty serious, which I don't have a problem with. But I get that sometimes we all just need something light. So this week, thanks to me, because I am the podcaster, the producer, I do it all. You guys are getting a little bit of both. Let me tell you what you're getting. So, do we remember on June 12th when the Bachelor franchise announced that Matt James would be the upcoming Bachelor? And not only is he just going to be the Bachelor, he is going to be the first male lead in Bachelor history. Mind you, 25 seasons. I know, pause for crickets because I don't understand. Anyway... Obviously, we know that this podcast totally started out with reality TV, sub gossip, all that. So obviously, I was more than excited to talk about something that I have a lot of insight in, you know, but also get to bring, you know, the racial conversation in, which I have been doing. So my two loves got to meet. Reality TV, meet racism. Nice to meet you guys. Okay, so today we have a very special guest. We have Will Gaskins. He was on Rachel Lindsay's season, which was probably one of my favorite seasons. So obviously because Rachel was the first black lead. And I have always loved Rachel. I love her personality. I love how she gets to the point. She is just like the definition of a boss. That's how I see it. So... I was thankful enough to get in contact with Will, and he was so open about coming on and doing this. He probably honestly is the nicest guest I've ever had. Not saying that my all my other guests aren't nice, but I don't know. Will, is he was just very, very sweet. He was so open, and I was like reading him the questions before, and he was like, it's all good. Let's just do it. Like He was so chill, so amazing. Um, so, of course, we... Talks about a little Bachelor stuff. You know, I asked him the questions that everyone reached out to me on Instagram when I told you guys I was having someone that was a part of Batch Nation on. You were all like, here are our questions. So I asked him a few of those. But of course, I asked him about how he feels about Matt James, you know, what it means dealing with race now in, you know, Bachelor Nation and how things should and hopefully will change going forward now that Matt is The Bachelor, so we can only keep our fingers crossed and hope that, you know, ABC and The Bachelor do the best that they can do. So enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Will. All right. 
right, everybody, I am here with Will Gaskins. Will, thank you so much for taking the time out of your work day to of course. <laughs> come on and speak with me. So if you guys don't know, Will was on Rachel's season, which was season 13, and that was in 2017, which feels like... Yeah, they probably don't know. I was very, very minor character. I remember, but I'm also <laughs> like a big Bachelor, Bachelorette fan. So for me, I remember, and I'm sure anyone that is a big fan will remember. Um, so you've been a part of this Bachelor franchise, Bachelor Nation, since 2017. Mm -hmm. So how was your experience? Um, my experience overall was uh, like very, very positive, uh, overwhelmingly positive, uh, just, you know, personally being on the show and then post show kind of all the things that happen, you know, that come with it. Um, you know, it's a matter of it, everything is kind of what it is, what you make it. Um, and you know, if you kind of take it and make it your own and use it to your advantages, you, it'll do good things for you. Or if you're like me and just kind of ride the wave and then go back to, you know, quote unquote, normal life, you know, that's fine too. Um, I've done that. A lot of my other friends from the show have definitely ridden the wave and are continuing to ride the wave. Um, there's no right or wrong answer to it, but, uh, you know, it's, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the process, you know, going through it in the beginning. It was like every step of the way it was like, okay, is this really happening? Okay. Is this yeah. really happening? Oh my gosh, this is actually really happening. Um, and then you get there and it's like, you know, for the first week, we're all just kind of walking around the mansion, like looking around, like, like, damn guys, we, we're actually here. Like we're in the yeah. bachelor mansion. This is wild. Um, so it's definitely got a surreal feel to it, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's more when you're in it, it's more normal than I think people realize. Um, it yeah. feels very kind of natural the way that, I mean, these guys have been doing it for a really long time. Obviously they've got it basically down to a science. Um, and then once you get used to, you know, producers and cameras being around you, it's almost in a lot of ways being like, you know, back in college or like living in a dorm room with just a bunch of guys or being on a sports team. So it's, it's, it's very cool. That's, that's actually a good um, explanation of it. That's really good. So you kind of answered it. So life after for you was how, what it was pretty easy. Like you, you just, yeah, I mean, you know, and again, so I was on, you know, the, what was that season 13 of the bachelorette um, and then post the show, you know, I came back out for the, after the final rose, but then I kind of just, did my own thing. I was dating a girl uh, right after the show, pretty much. Uh, and so that kind of colored a lot of my decisions. So like, I didn't do Bachelor in Paradise. I didn't do, you know, the Bachelorette, the Winter Games or, or yeah, anything yeah. like that, or, you know, or even go like on another season of the Bachelorette, like a lot of guys do. Yeah. Or not, I shouldn't say a lot, some. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of just, you know, I came back and my bosses were like, oh, we thought you were going to be gone forever. And I was like, I guess I got bills to pay. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how quickly can you reactivate my payroll? Um, hey, let's get this gold back home. Exactly. Because the bill didn't stop. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Um, That's the thing. Yeah. Landlords still wanted rent. So for me, it was very much just, you know, uh, from a dating aspect, like I said, I was dating someone. Um, and so that lasted about nine months, almost a year, give or take didn't work out um then started dating i'm kind of at this point i'm a serial monogamous that jumped right into a relationship after that and then she and i are actually now engaged so well i was gonna know. say earlier when we were talking about fiancés before we started recording so congratulations thank you yeah it's uh you know we actually met it's funny um we met before the show and she's actually the reason why i went on the show because yeah. she broke up with me and I actually kind of alluded to her on the show at one point when I was in one of my interviews and it actually made it to air. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't for her, I would have never gone on the show in the first place. So I give her, I always give her a hard time for that. 
Um, she broke up with me, got back with my ex, and I went on TV. <laughs> had a little fun and then you came back and now exactly we all we all yeah we both re regained our sanity and realized that we were meant to be so it all, all worked out yeah we all need that exactly that sanity together um okay so just some easy fun questions before we sure. dive right into, into the, the good stuff things. yeah all right so when you're i guess how you go through the process then they let you know that you're picked so what are mm -hmm. rules that they give you before like you start filming I think the biggest rule is just like from a standpoint of, and I'm pretty sure I can say this now because I'm no longer on the, under contract, you know, they make you sign basically your life away. It's basically, you know, you can't uh, divulge any, you know, quote unquote industry secrets or trade secrets of the show or, you know, uh, if you get kicked off early, you can't go, oh, well, you know, this person is left and this person wins or da 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 because we, you know, we all talk to each other. Yeah. Um, that's mainly the gist of it. Um, you know, there's absolutely no fighting. Um, they're pretty strict about that rule, more so with the guys than with the girls. Yeah. For, you know, and that, that's a whole, you can go down that rabbit hole. But yep. um, with the guy, you know, with the guys, they're pretty strict about, you know, if you put your hands on someone in a, you know, a truly intimidating or, uh, you know, a forceful way, yeah. you're pretty much going to get tossed off the show almost immediately uh, in most circumstances. Things like that. Um, you know, there was really no other rules other than like you know no phones you know yeah. one of the guys on my season snuck in like an old school classic ipod uh, ipad uh, excuse Definitely. me ipod like i'm talking like gen one ipod with like the old school earbuds and the click wheel and everything oh my uh, and you know and to his credit his thing was like i always listen to music at night so he would put him in at night and just listen to his music as he was going you know while he was sleeping and stuff it was technically against the rules and he did never get caught with it, but I found it hilarious. You know, some guys try to bring like burner phones or, you know, all the you know, laptops and things like that. And it's really hard to hide the fact that you have a laptop or a phone when you've got, you know, 12 producers, a full, you know, film crew and all of the other, like, yeah, all your other castmates around. So. Especially if I don't have a phone, I'm telling that you have a phone. You're not oh, hell yeah. You must believe. Not to snitch you out. Like this is not happening. Immediately. <laughs> Um, so how drunk do you think, I feel like for the girls, it gets, a, it's very obvious yeah. <laughs> on like the bachelor, but for the bachelorette, for the guys, how, for you personally, like your first night there, how drunk do you think people were that first, first Some night? people were hammered. Like really? if you go back and rewatch, uh, episode one of that season, there's at least two people, I won't name them by name, but you can go up and see pretty easily who I'm talking about that were just hammer time. I mean, and we talk about it, like, we have a group chat now, and we talk about it every now and again to this day, that there's, like, two or three dudes that just, you know, I think at one point, one of them fell onto Diggy during the rose ceremony because he couldn't even stand anymore, um, you know, just just wobbly, weak in the knees, um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, some dudes really, really got after it. Personally, I took the approach of, I can't embarrass myself and my mom on national TV on night one. So on night was, one at least. Exactly. Yeah. So I was definitely drinking. You know, you're not sober in that situation, you know, unless you don't drink, which some of the guys don't. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, it was a, I was drinking a lot of a lot of beer and a lot of Red Bull because the other thing people don't realize is night one is long. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we got to the my my limo rolled up to the mansion around, I want to say. 7 p.m., something like that, yeah. 6 or 7 p.m., and I didn't get back. And you don't stay in the mansion that first night, so you go back to your hotel room. Oh. I got back, so they we got back to our hotel rooms at, like, 9 a.m. the next morning. 
Wait, so you, your first night, you don't even get to stay in the mansion. So you got, you can't even well, travel up to a bed upstairs. Exactly. Yeah. No, you got to go, you got to get back on the van, on the van. So they put you in a, in a party bus at that point. Cause before then you don't meet anyone. Right. So oh, the first yeah, time yeah. you meet anyone, any, any of the other, you know, contestants is on your way to the lobby to get in your limo. And each limo has got, you know, what, four or five people in it plus a producer. So that like, that's your first interaction with anyone. And, you know, I've been locked in a hotel room, locked in a hotel room. You know, I was, you know, they, 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 they kind of uh, quarantine you, right? Yeah. For like four days before, uh, beforehand. Wow. Yeah. Structured. Okay. I don't know if I should be telling you all this, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said like you have a group chat with some of the guys still. So mm -hmm. how genuine are these friendships? Like, do you, you know, we see people come out and they have like, I know I always look at like JoJo and mm -hmm. Becca and how they are still such good friends. Yeah even though you were competing for the same person. So how, how many people are you still friends with? Um, I say I'm still really close friends with five or six of them. Um, like, like to the point where like, you know, we pick up the phone and I'll FaceTime or text or call, you know, at least every other month, you know, like yeah. a call, like texting pretty, pretty regularly. Uh, and then broadly out from there, probably about a dozen or so um, that I, you know, consider myself friends with and try to keep in good contact with it, you know it's hard they're living different lives i'm living a different life you know yeah you know if some of the guys that are still single like for instance demario came out to uh miami about two and a half years ago when i was yeah. first started date my now fiance um and you know it's kind of tough because you know he's my he's my boy i want to go out and hang out with him but demo does demo it's, things when he goes out and you know i'm a, a <laughs> i'm trying to be faithful over here so you know, so no, it's just like, it. you know, it's a different vibe. It's a... Exactly. But, you know, but it doesn't diminish the friendship at all. Like no. he comes back out. It's all love. And, you know, if I go out to L.A. or wherever any of these guys live, it's all love. Like we'll, we'll link up, maybe grab a, a meal, a drink, whatever it is. And then we kind of do our own thing. So nice. But to me, that's just a, that's how adult relationships are. You know, you don't do the same thing with each of your friends. So no, not at all. Well, that's good to know, because I always wonder, like, I always see that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so you would think just because you go into it like we're trying to get the same girl, you yeah, know, and then, like, like, or guy, it would just be like, a yeah, weird yeah. Thing. but I love that. I see it for most seasons. It's really happens. not though. Cause, and here's the weird thing, right? So like in the real world, right. If you are, you know, if you Jasmine are trying to date someone and like two or three of your homegirls are trying to, you know, talk to him too. First of all, it's not going to work because y'all are probably not talking to each other about it. It's kind of shady, right? Exactly. In this, in the bachelor world, the bachelor universe, when you're in that bubble, like it's out there in the open like there's no secrets everyone knows why you're there right you're yeah. there for that person and so it's kind of more honest and so when you start with that level of honesty all the other stuff is almost part of the game like yeah you're gonna play to win you don't necessarily want to just throw somebody under the bus or you know you know play dirty yeah. but you know like in our, in our in my season or the season i was on i should say we kind of had this, you know, unspoken rule where, yeah, we're all here for Rachel. We're here, you know, quote, here for the right reasons. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, there's no reason why we need to be mean, nasty, disrespectful to one another. Does that mean we're all going to be best friends? I don't know. But that doesn't mean we have to hate each other just because. Yeah, that's so true. So. That's good. But you're so mature. I feel like you're just <laughs> a mature person over a peacemaker to begin with man I'm, I'm 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 always you know trying to avoid the conflict or trying to help people fix thing. the conflict so yeah well thank you for that i wanted to ease you in before we <laughs> the real conversation uh -huh. so 
believe it was in May, um, ABC Bachelor announced mm -hmm. that they are going to have their first male black lead, yep. and that it was Matt James. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I was seeing everyone be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Da -da -da -da, this is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, listen, happy for him, ecstatic mm -hmm. for him. But ABC, like, it's, what is this, going on to, like, the 25th season? Something like that. Yeah. Maybe even longer. So what was your first reaction when you saw it? <laughs> so funny enough, my very first reaction was I saw the thing on the, you know, I still follow a couple of the uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette yeah. Instagram uh, accounts. My very first, the very first thing I did, I woke up that morning and it was probably a couple of days after the first news cycle broke because I don't really watch cable TV that much to begin with. And so I just, I just hadn't seen it. And there was a lot exactly. else going on in the world. So like I was, exactly. my mind was focused elsewhere. And so I saw it on Instagram and the very first thing I did was I DM'd it to Diggy and I was like, yo, whose man's is this? <laughs> because <laughs> no, like, and like no shade, no disrespect at all. Not I was literally, I was like, who is this guy? Because I haven't been keeping up with the seasons. I just don't. It, it was never something. Like, I watched it, like, leading up to me going on. And then I watched a couple of, like, the Paradises and stuff afterwards. But it was people that I was, like, had a direct connection with. Exactly. I was watching my friends, you know, yeah. act a fool on the beach somewhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was literally, I was like, like, who? And like, he is, Diggy's way, 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 way more plugged into Bachelor Nation, Bachelor yeah. Universe than I am um, currently. And so he was just, he was like, oh, he's on the current season now that didn't get to air and da -da 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 because of the COVID stuff. And I was like, oh, still, but like, yeah, I was like, okay, I just, and again, maybe it's just me being biased. Cause like some of the guys that I know that I was on the show with, and even some of the guys that, you know, went through a full season and because here's the thing. And I think Matt, from all I know about him from, again, looking from very far away, just through the lens of the internet seems yep. like a dope dude everyone has nothing but nice things yeah. to say about him and obviously the producers saw something in him that led them to want to go this route anyway regardless of the societal pressures that may or may not have gone into making the decision um i just felt that it's one thing to you know perform well on the show it's another thing to perform well and hold your composure when all of the instagrams the twitter trolls and the and the critics and the media kind of get a hold of you as these things are airing because remember, you know, as you're watching the show and you're watching the season, your take on a, a particular person changes drastically from episode one to episode, what do they go, 10, 11, yeah. 12, I don't, see, I don't even know. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, how is how are you going to react to that stuff uh, and kind of take it in stride? Now, that's not to say I don't think he could do it, but it would have been nice to see someone that has already shown the capability of doing that throughout the course of a season airing and and also now having your phone back and being out in the real world because that changes everything it really does so. and for me when I saw it, I was like okay and like I know who Matt is I didn't particularly watch Hannah Brown season because apparently mm -hmm. he's very good friends with Tyler Cameron who's yeah on that team. like they're like best friends which happens a lot to be honest you yeah. know you wind up nominating folks and you know like if you want her on it and you're like oh I got a I got a boy and you just reach out to one of the producers and say hey I got someone you know go meet with him and then it works out or it doesn't but you yeah know. It, so when I saw it I was like okay like he's kind of he's not in the bachelor world but okay kind of like I know he's a, yeah he's, he's, in, he's, he's in the orbit he's on the surface and it was like <laughs> okay I got it but then I didn't watch Again, I didn't watch Hannah's season, but again, like like you, because I've watched 
seasons prior, I follow all those Bachelor Instagrams and mm-hmm. obviously ABC and E! News, they post daily about yeah, Bachelor. So when I saw it, I was like, well, I remember Mike Johnson and I didn't watch that season. Yeah. I kept hearing how people wanted him. Oh, yeah. And I think he would have been amazing at it. I mean, I, and again, full disclosure, I've actually never met Mike. I, I don't know him from Adam, but like everything that people who I know say of him, he's a phenomenal human being so and the same with Matt I mean again it's no shade it's like it just it's you know a proven quantity versus someone who necessarily hasn't been you know through the trials and tribulations of a season of The Bachelorette I think that was more my huh especially because I even think like I remember seeing petitions for Mike before they had Peter so I was like hmm like one you had the chance to Mm -hmm. do this what so why are you doing it now that's the thing. So that's my other question for you. Do you find it to be, I mean, of course you definitely don't know because you weren't in the room. The decision was made, but from obviously what's everything that's going on. And also mind you, the season that Matt is supposed to be on hasn't filmed, hasn't aired. So they stopped filming halfway through. It's like, is it even going to continue or like what's the, no one knows what the deal is going to be. And again, and again, we're in unprecedented times right now. Yeah. No one alive has lived through, you know, a global yes. pandemic. So no. there is no rule book. No one knows how to act. Um, but yeah, his season, you know, his season, her season, which he was on, hasn't aired. And in all likelihood, may never air in the way that it was, you know, like, and that's the other thing. Like, you can't just bring all these people back and start, you know, and and, and restart. So there's a lot of logistical questions that, that got to get figured out. Yeah. So do you think that this was like a genuine pick? Because also, I, it was kind of announced. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think, yes and no. I think it was natural from the standpoint of it was going to happen yeah, in the next yeah. couple of years. It, and it was just a matter of who, when, where. Um, I think it is long overdue. And if you look back, the reason why it hasn't happened is because of money. You know, like it or not, Rachel's season, which I love, was the lowest rated season in year. I think it was, and I'm, correct me wrong, I think it was the lowest rated season. No, it was. It was the yeah. lowest rated season, and she, I haven't checked her numbers recently, mm-hmm. but was the, like, least followed Bachelorette. On yeah, which is insane because she's a crazy dynamic person. Like, you sit in a room and talk with her, and... You know, she, I mean, I can't even say, she, we don't have a relationship. We do, we don't talk, we don't hang out. We all, we live in like, you know, five miles away from each other, but like, I haven't seen her and Brian in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, she's a phenomenal person. She walks into a room and she commands, she commands the room. And she's a freaking trial lawyer. Like, come on exactly. now. You know, um, but for whatever reason, America wasn't ready for that. And, you know, we used to joke about it in the, in the mansion when we were all there, like, oh, you know, America's not ready for a back, uh, black bachelor and da 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 like, and, you know, in a lot of ways, the Bachelor franchise wasn't ready for that many Black contestants. Because, I mean, I remember just little things. Like, it took us – because, you know, they have their standards and their procedures and stuff. But, for example, they didn't have anyone to cut our hair, right? Huh. And so we're there for – we're in the mansion for, like, almost two and a half, three weeks before they get, you know, someone to come in and try and do our hair. And it was a disaster. And then we get to the next location and they actually brought some some dudes in that were real barbers and, you know, were able to hook it up. But like, you know, little, little things like that, yeah, that, yeah. you know, seem very insignificant and they are, but it's like, okay, so y'all didn't do your homework. Exactly. You know, and so then I translate that to, you know, with the decision now with Matt and with all that's going on in the world, I just hope that it wasn't done kind of 
as a knee-jerk reaction, and it was actually something that was was and is continuing to be thought out. Exactly. No, I would hope that too. And I was talking to uh, someone else, and I was saying we were talking about he, he doesn't watch. But he was like, you know, I noticed he was like, you know, a usual if they have a white lead, it's he was like, you know, it's mostly white contestants, and he was like, yeah. and you sprinkle in a yeah. few black people, and I was like, yeah, I was like, so for me, I was like, I. I know it won't be done. I was like, but for Matt, I would like to see mostly black women and sprinkle. He was like, they're not going to do that. I was like, I know they're not. I was like, but how can you do it for this? You just assume that this white man wants yeah. another white woman. Well, so and they do assume... it. My understanding is they do ask the, I mean, because oh, at that do. point, you got to remember the bachelor and the bachelorette, they have really good uh, relationships with, with, the, the, like, with a specific producer, but then with just the production team in general. And they'll, they know, like, they, they definitely ask the question at some point or another, like, you know, what are you, you know, what's your type? Who are right, you into? Right. You know, do you want someone that is like the, you know, bachelor or bachelorette when you were a contestant? Or would you prefer something or someone different? different. Um, so they definitely take that into consideration and try and kind of mold. Because I remember when I was going through the casting, it was like, oh, well, you know, what are you attracted to? Who from the last season would you want to see as your bachelor? Obviously, before Rachel was announced. So they kind of are gauging that and trying yeah. to figure out on both ends. Um, you know, because it, it makes it makes sense. They're gonna, you know, they gotta you continue. Help, you can't help preference. We can. No, you can't. That just no. you can't help what you're attracted to. Exactly. It just you can't. It just is. It just is what it exactly. It is what it is. Um, so on your season, I don't remember his last name, but you guys had Lee on, mm -hmm. which was a big thing, and then some race racial tweets came out. And yeah, Lee. Uh, How was he on set? <laughs> I mean, it definitely got tense, um, and I think because of who Lee kind of decided to make his target, right? So initially, if you go back through the season, initially he kind of went at Eric a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when you go at Eric, it's kind of dumb because Eric is one of the smartest and most confusing people I've ever met. Like, so, like I, I'm a fairly intelligent person, but like sometimes I'm sitting in a room talking with E, I'm like, Doug, you are on a whole other wavelength that maybe one day I can get to, but probably not. Yeah. His mind just works differently. I mean, he just spouts off numbers and figures and fat. Like, he's just out of, out of his way brain works. Yeah. And so, you know, Lee kind of came with him a little bit, and he just shut it down. Like, yeah. and there was no, you know, he boxed him in, basically, with words. And there was no, like, there was no way for Lee to come back at him at all. And so then he kind of shifted his attention to Kenny. And Kenny is just as smart as Eric, but he's also just as likely to pop you in the mouth. He showed incredible restraint throughout the whole, like he never, you know, really raised his voice. He kind of kept his composure as much as possible, but he still was poking the bear, poking the bear. Um, so, and like, it, so it definitely created some tension because we all knew Kenny as this big, lovable, you know, he would, literally he would FaceTime his daughter every night and cry. And so like, you're just like, this guy's, a, he's, a, he's a giant teddy bear. Yeah. Um, no, grizzly bear, I should say, because he's still got claws. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then here you got Lee, who's just like jabbing him, jabbing him, jabbing him. And it's like, dude, just stop. Yeah. And it made it awkward for a lot of the rest of us because, you know, early on, like, Lee and I got along great. I didn't have any issues with Lee. And then I had to kind of distance myself because I was like, bro, you, and like, I tried to, and we were in, uh, was it South Carolina, North Carolina, one of the Carolinas. Um, you know, I tried to talk to him 
and explain to him like this is why what you're saying is not getting like you're 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 coming at it all wrong yeah. with regards to how you're trying to approach Kenny, regardless of how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just wasn't understanding. And I think a lot of the other guys at that point were just kind of like, you know what, Lee is Lee. It's clearly a conflict. It's a dumb conflict because it shouldn't exist. Exactly. But it's one that does exist, and none of us want any parts of it. You know, um, I think that pretty vocally we were all kind of on Kenny's side. Yeah. And then that also forced Lee to kind of more retreat into himself and make it even more awkward when we were all together. Like it yeah. was just, it was just a bad look all around. And it could have been so easily avoided, uh, in my opinion. And Lee, I think, tried to, you know, reach out and you know do some. You know, pu- you know, public outreach, if you will, to some of us after the show and after the final rose ceremony and all that stuff. But it kind of felt hollow, and it, yeah. you know, it, it kind of felt forced. Uh, like, if you really believe this, why weren't you doing this as soon as the show finished airing? Like, why didn't you reach out once you knew yeah. I was home and say, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. I was, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. You know, can we let, let's try and work it out?" That would have, I feel like, probably would have been meant a lot better than you know, after the final rose, you know, live on TV, kind of getting your, you know, your laundry aired out. And now all of a sudden we want to fix it. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. Um, Rachel was actually on, I think it was maybe last week or two weeks ago, she was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And she's on everything. She's on everything. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I, 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 I think I said, I was talking to my aunt the other day about it because she mentioned she saw her on like ESPN and I'm like, yeah. yeah. I go, I'm pretty sure Rachel's Jamaican because she got about 15 jobs. She keeps, she doesn't <laughs> working. Ever. She I love moving. it. Such an inspiration. Um, But she was talking to him and they brought up Lee and I guess yeah. like they oh, really? was basically like, like what did producers say to you after they found these things? She was like, and I get, she like, they basically tried to say, I guess the vetting process failed, you know, failed there. So she was saying like, I just hope that they do better now that they have yeah. the opportunity again with Matt that they, this isn't, and that was actually one of my questions for you. Like, do you think, because they had this with Lee and now, you know, you learn from your mistakes. It happens. Yeah, we all hopefully. make mistakes. Ho- exactly. Hopefully. And that, you know, they will do a better vetting process with, because I mean, let's be honest, I find that people today are a lot more vocal on social media mm-hmm. with everything going on in the world, whether they stand with one side or the other. So I can't find it hard to figure out where someone stands. So yeah. do you think that's going to be something that they have to take seriously going into Matt season? I think so. I think you have to, um, if for no other reason that you got to, you know, you got to keep this dude safe, literally. You know, and I don't say that, you know, just kind of off the cuff, like when he goes back out into the world, like he's still a big black man and he's going to have a target on his back because of this even more so than he might normally. And that doesn't literally mean, you know, necessarily someone's trying to, you know, do some harm to him physically, but you know, he's going to have the troll accounts and he's going to have the people, you know, DMing him and saying just horrible, terrible. I mean, it happened to me and I barely broke the top 10 on Rachel's seat. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was, for purposes of the of the bachelor universe nobody and people still felt the time felt the need to take the time out of their day to write these just horribly mean and nasty notes to me um and you know so he's got to be ready for that he gotta have a thick skin but you know it's definitely up to the producers to make sure that whoever goes on that season is you know no pun intended like they're for the right reasons right they're not there to try and purposely stir up some stuff so yeah just to get a few instagram followers Exactly. Which is um, a real thing. It, it really is. I mean, I always used to joke before I got engaged. I'd be like, listen, I just we break up for a year. Just let me go on there, get 
get some sugar bear gummies. Get yeah, right. Fun box. I'm still waiting on my sugar bear endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I do want, and I would always watch, and I'd be like, "Oh, she's doing this all wrong, honey. You just know. Yeah. You want to stay till week five? Like we just want. Gotta make it. Gotta make it. Gotta make it till week five, and then you gotta go on paradise. That's it. <laughs> make a big enough explosion that people are mad that you left. And yep. they your energy, and then mm-hmm. they bring you back. Like, I would always be watching, like, girl, you're doing this so wrong. No, no, oh, yeah. no. But, but it's always just fun to watch. Um, just to wrap up, because I don't want to take any more of your time. No, you're good. Um, Rachel has basically, I mean, not basically, she it has been the only Black League that we've had yep. for 25 seasons. And mm-hmm. I feel like whenever something racial happens, you know, she's the first one you hear from. Okay. And then you hear trickle effects from, like, other people now that feel the need to say something because... Mm-hmm. They don't want to be like, okay, wait, no, 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 no. I don't think like this, whatever. Um, but so much with this George Floyd, you know, she was speaking out a lot. And then I think even before that, maybe a week before or two weeks before George Floyd, you had the Hannah Brown case where she yeah. slipped and said the N-word and the song and whatever that may be. Which, like, you know what? I laughed at. It was serious, but I'm just like, and like, it was one of those things where like the internet backlash, and I mean to cut you off, but like, no, go, the, go, go. The internet backlash was so like swift and like on both sides, really, it was very odd. But in the back of my mind, like I grew up in a very predominantly white area, so uh, went to a, a, a overwhelmingly predominantly white high school and then college. And so like, for me, I was just like, I can't even count on you know, I, I, I would need more hands to count the number of times I've been in a car or on a bus or in a uh, at a school dance where song comes on and everyone's singing along and, you know, white people, girls, guys, whatever, just dropping an M-bomb left and right. Yeah. And then kind of looking over, you know, oh, it's just a song, though. It's just a song, you know. So, like, I wasn't shocked by, no. that it happened. I was kind of shocked that she did it. Like on her, exactly. like given her, like you know, when you have that platform, you're kind of hyper aware of a lot of things. Over a year now, so it's yeah. not totally new to her. Exactly. So, but it, to, again, to me, that just shows like it's clearly a word that she uses. Well, so you know, I, at well, least, at least when yeah. she's alone in her car or whatever, singing. This, it's like the movie White Chicks. Yes. You know, when they're all when they're all singing the song, and, and you know, and uh, Mar- uh, Sean or Marlon, whichever one it was, you know, turns to the Biggie song. And, you know, the one girl goes, oh, my gosh, you can't say that. And then he kind of looks at her and goes, well, no one else is here. And they all start joining. And it's funny, but it's true. Like, you can't tell me that doesn't happen. Well, I had talked about it on, like, the podcast that I had had right before the George Floyd thing. And I talked about Hannah and all that. And her apology, her first apology, because there were two. Mm -hmm. Her first apology was basically like, oh, I never say that word. And... Well, you did. I remember like while I was doing my podcast and I was like, you know, I was like, that's BS. I was like, because there's no way that I could slip up and say a word that I've never I, said before. Yeah. She said it mad easy too. And that's also it's not <laughs> just like a regular word. It's a slur. No. Yeah. So I can't just slip up and say a, a racial slur that has never come out of my mouth. Also at this age, I'm not yeah. five. I'm not a child. I'm not a, a teenager. woman. Like hell, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt through your teenage years. Exactly. Oh, I had a guy in high school. I had just moved to this area that I live in now and it was predominantly white people. And there were a few, I wouldn't even say few. I can count 10 black kids in the entire school. Freshmen. And we all know each other. Everyone knows everybody of just because of course. And um, this is probably my sophomore year, and one of the, there were two seniors, they were twins, and they were black, and they had, one of their friends came up to me, and he was like, hey, Jay Nola, my, and I was like, 
Nah. I was like, no, no, no. He was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm cool with so-and-so. They say, I said, well, you say it to them. I was like, you can't. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't fly. give you a pass for every black person you meet. And if they were really your friends, they would let you know that. One, I don't yeah. know why they think it's okay for you to say that to them. But B, why do you want to say it so bad? Why do you want to say it so bad? And then I was like, why are your friends making it okay? Because if, let's say I did tell my friend they could say, I would be like, but girl, don't you say it outside of me and you because anybody mm -hmm. else, like, what if I just literally punch you in your face? Yeah. Because like, you go to the wrong, you go to the wrong person and, and you're going like, to get the wrong reaction. going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's a conversation that definitely like, and I've listened since all this has happened, I've definitely realized that conversations that I don't have with my non-black friends that you have to have, even if they're uncomfortable, yeah. because I was uh, not seeing people post about the George Floyd thing or mm -hmm. not talk about it. And then I was like, why aren't you posting? Yeah. Like you're my, you're my bridal shower. Yeah. My why, are party. why are you silent? But then I talked to one of my other black friends and I was like, I was like, have all your like non-black friends reached out to you? She was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, then this is on me too. I was like, because what have I not been doing to yeah. make them feel like, and it's because you don't talk about it. Cause when you grow up in a predominantly white area, it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm the only one. So I'm just going to keep it like, obviously, you know, I'm black. So let's just, yeah. but sometimes you're the, you're the, you're the, it, it's that trap of tokenism right yeah. you're afraid to and, and it kind of came up on my season a little bit and it's the one thing that i don't appreciate of the way my, like my exit was portrayed mm -hmm. the only thing i have issue with is that they definitely edited that scene mm -hmm. and you know rachel being the lawyer that she is she was just trying to get down to the brass tacks but i, I think that she was probably coached a little bit from the producers too of course. um and you know they made it seem as though I either didn't date or wasn't attracted to black women. And I was, and so I got a lot of hate from that. Exactly. And I'm just yeah. like, and I was like, Duh, like back up. I never said that. All I said was that I grew up, I was, you know, one of three black kids in my high school graduating class. Yep. I had, you know, went to a very white uh, college in upstate New York, which I chose to be fair, but still, <laughs> you know, and so I go, I date who I am attracted to and who's around me. If, I'm in a room and there's 80 people and 70 of them are white. I'm probably going to wind up dating a white person. Like, and to me, my whole thing is like, I never look to date anyone based on their race. I look at who you are. Am I attracted to you? Yes. What's your, you know, what's your heart like? You know, are we compatible? All of those things. And what you look like could matter less to me. Exactly. Um, and I would, I would hope that people are dating me, you know, because of that same reason and not like, oh, I got to date a black guy or I want to, I want to see, you know, I want to see what it's like to, to be with a black guy or, to, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, and there's probably that, that's yeah. exactly. Or um, I want so to the, children, you get that too sometimes. Yeah. So that, and so I definitely, you know, from my experience on the show, like I felt that a little bit at the end, um, when it was happening and then even more so when I watched that, that episode, I was like, damn, really? Like y'all had to take it. There, like there. that's a, like that. I feel yeah. like that's a trope that's just really uh, painful and just not. I'm trying to find the right word. It's 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 not helpful for anyone. Yeah. It's not helpful for black people. It's not helpful for white people. It's not. Right. Um, and it was you know and, and now being with all the stuff going on in the world, I got a lot of white friends. My fiance is white. As a result, her parents are white. So and they're from the south. They grew up in Tallahassee and Alabama, Ooh. and they're amazing people. And I'll be honest, when we first started dating, I was nervous. Like, yeah. I was like, you know what? They're really, I've met them once. I met them once and I was like, you know what? They seem like really nice people. They're obviously, you know, they live in Miami. You know, you'd like to, you know, you typically people in a very multicultural city have, have a certain the mindset, yeah. right? 
But then, you know, you go up to Tallahassee and you're like, okay, what am I getting myself into here? And I'm from New York. So when I hear Tallahassee, I'm like, okay, so I'm in the booth. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, it's just, you know, when even when you think anything like very South, very Southern, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. oh, okay. It's that connotation, especially within most Black families, you yeah. know, I feel, um, especially if you live up North, you know, you kind of have that, oh, geez, here we go again, kind of a feel. Um but then, you know, with everything going on, like, I've been even more reinforced that I'm marrying into the right family because they, you know, they made it a point to come and come over to our house for dinner a couple of weeks ago. And they brought it up, you know, about all that's going on in the world. And like, they were just like, her dad was just like, hey, before we even get going, I just want to apologize if we've ever done anything that we didn't realize was rude or ignorant or made you feel uncomfortable. And I was just like, first of all, you haven't, but thank you. You know, I go, these are the conversations that people need to be having. And we've had some really interesting, difficult conversations. Difficult in the sense that I don't think they realize a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to talk through, with, especially if you have people that are respectful and willing to understand and listen, and they want to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been really enlightening for me personally, that like, you have these, you know, 50, I don't, I don't know how old they are. So don't kill me. Oh, you know, 50, 50 some odd year, you know, uh, you know, older, you know, white folks that are, you know, very actively engaged in learning and knowing more and bettering themselves and the, and the people around them. And, you know, I think that if there's more people like that in the world, then the world's going to quickly become a better place. And people that are fighting against it, it's going to become, you know, increasingly more and more difficult to defend those, you know, because it, it's, you know, we were talking about, you know, they grew up in the South and we just were talking about history. And, you know, I'm like, a lot of the history y'all learned on here is very wrong. Yeah. You know, when it comes to slavery and the Civil War and all that stuff. And like, you know, we started getting into the nitty gritty of some details because I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff. And I've been especially now kind of re-educating and educating myself in a lot of things. And I'm like, you know, I brought up a couple of things and her mom was like, wow, we didn't learn that at all. Like, I, I'm just learning this now as a grown woman. And like, you know, you're, you have this whole sense of history that is skewed. And so, of course, people are going to think a certain way. Yeah, no, that's so true. Oh, sorry, I've kind of gone off the rails. No, no, no. It's so true because I've been saying how, like, I've even been talking about, like, as a as a light-skinned woman, I've had mm-hmm. a privilege, and I've had to, growing up in a predominantly white area, like, obviously, I know I'm Black. I've never pretended never been a question. anything else. But, yeah, there are things that I am not educated on myself. So yeah. I always tell my friends, like, when I post on Instagram, I'm like, listen, when I say, like, educate yourself, I'm not just, like, preaching at you. Like, I'm sitting here and I'm educating myself oh, yeah. as well. And the learning doesn't stop. And my friend, um, Ariel, she is, um, she's half Black, half Jewish. Mm-hmm. And she was raised by her white mother. And she did this beautiful post mm-hmm. and basically said, it's like, um, you know, I am, I have to do the education for myself. She was like, yeah. I wasn't taught that. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. That's the, there's that myth that like, you're just, if you're black, you know, certain things like my mom grew up in Queens. Well, first of all, let's back up. My mom is half black. Well, more than half. She's black and Chinese. She's very, very light. Oh, oh, really? Okay. So like, you know, so she's very, very light skinned. And yeah. so growing up in Queens back, you know, in the hell, what would that been? You know, the fifties and sixties, it was mm-hmm. very, weird time for her because she had like very you know uh very you know nappy kinky hair and then this really 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 light skin and you know so and people and you know people like to put you in a box and they didn't know what box to put her in and like my grandma will come over who's just this vivacious you know dark-skinned woman and then my grandpa would come over who is uh, his mother was uh black but very light-skinned and his dad was 
literally from China. So like he would walk in, he just looks like a, a, you know, a Chinese dude with a tan. Yeah. And people were just confused by it. That's and literally then, my grandmother and grandfather. That's hilarious that you're explaining it like that. We might, we might be related, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and so then from there, it's like, oh, well, you know, well, your mom grew up in Queens and your dad grew up in the Bronx, so you know all this stuff. And it's like, no, no I grew up in Westchester County. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. You don't. Any, I grew up down the street from you. I don't know anything that you don't know. Yep. That's the thing. And we all have to kind of, you have to want to do, obviously. As, you got to want to do the work. As a black person, there's obviously more there that you want to learn. So, and you're white, incentivized to learn, and, that, and that's exactly. the other thing too. As a white person, there's no true incentive to like learn. You don't have things. to learn this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's not. So. You don't have to. I would like you to want to, yeah. but I understand that you don't have to. So I always appreciate it. Like when I get the text, like also because like I'm a I'm a book nerd, so I read a lot. So I appreciate when I get my friends. What do you read? Okay. What, but yeah, like, what are you reading? Especially like now, getting those texts now yeah. even means more. Cause I've all, I've been posting like the last few weeks, like I'm only reading black authors. So like, if you're coming at uh -huh. me for my old school mystery thrillers, not doing that right now. <laughs> I am straight, like, we are black power over here. Don't, like, yep. if you don't want that, don't ask me the question. But yeah, so just to close out, what, what do you want to see from the franchise going forward? Um, I think I want to see, more authentic diversity both in leads and in contestants yeah. right um you know one of the things that we can fall the trap we you know, fall prey to is putting you know putting these stereotypes out there and reinforcing them uh with you know what we are consuming on our screens mm -hmm. um and i think we need to kind of stay away from that you know and i think we also need to realize that everyone is an imperfect being um you know rachel has done a phenomenal job being a trailblazer for the Bachelor franchise and, and just for, you know, black folk in general, yeah. given her yeah. platform and, you know, the, the, the voice that she has both you know, literally and figuratively, yeah. but it's also, you know, that, that can be very tiring. And I think it's very important to keep in mind that these are real people and it's not there, you know, whether it's Rachel, whether it's Matt, whether it's, um, you know, Eric or Kenny or, or Diggy or, Matt or any of these guys that, you know, or, and, and some of the uh, women as well, who I, I feel like I just don't know as well, so I don't, you know, I don't just sure. go off the top of the names. But um, it's not, you know, their responsibility to be, you know, black Superman or black Superwoman, right? Yeah. You know, and that's that's the other thing too. Like, yes, we want you to learn. Yes, we want you to understand. But please don't take for granted that we are here to be your educators in the the black experience. Like, do a little bit of homework, and then maybe come ask us a question. You know, it's very very difficult to try and be black Jesus day in and day out. You know, no one's perfect. You're going to find warts. You're going to find, you know, issues with some, you know, everyone's got, hell, I probably got Facebook statuses back in the day that are like wildly homophobic in current light. But like when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s, like that's how people talked. That's Is it what, or anything of that Exactly. Was it right then? No. But like, I'm also... Uh, quite frankly, not going to go back and scrub my Facebook from, you know, 15 years ago. It. You know, if you want to bring yeah. it up and screenshot it and use it as a, oh, I'm a terrible person. Hey, you know what? That's your prerogative. Yeah. If you want to do that, do that. That's not who I am. So like, I think that's, we need to be aware that like, you know, Matt is a person with his, you know, with his strengths, with his flaws, he's going to do a phenomenal job. But if we want to go back and it, it really goes across the board, you know, yeah. and just nitpick at certain little things. Um, and obviously some things are bigger than others, right? If you got like the, you know, the D1 quarterback commit that, you know, eight months ago called someone an N-word on Twitter or whatever, 
and like that's a very different issue of course um but uh yeah i think just keep in mind that they're all real people and give them the benefit of the doubt and allow them the opportunities to express themselves and educate you know you and and everyone else around them in a way that they are comfortable with because some people don't want to be the teacher no. some people just want to live yeah so my favorite thing is i'm always like i was like i'm not i'm not a teacher i did not go to school to be an educator yeah. if you ask, and my, i always tell my friends like i don't have a problem with you coming to me with questions but if no. you type it into google first yeah maybe do that now if you have a question you want to come ask me my opinion on something then that's a different story discussion. yeah but don't like uh, all the people are like Hey, uh, can you explain to me what Juneteenth is? Like, dog. It was on everybody's Instagram that day. I Come know someone had on. a definition for it. Yeah. Uh, just like, like, that's just laziness. Yeah, exactly. That's a thing. Like, It's I, either laziness or you're coming to me with an agenda and you already know kind of what you want to say or what you, you want to get across. And you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to cue me up. So. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, thank you so much, Will, for yeah, taking of course. time out of your day. Hopefully you can make your birthday party. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, they may have, they may have left. I don't know. I can't oh, see them. I'm in a I'm in a, I'm in a little uh, uh, little privacy box we got here in the office. So. And that wraps it up for this episode of Janolaism. You know where to find us at Janolaism on Instagram. And please share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if you don't have Apple Podcasts. Oh, you're a droid user. Sorry, but you can also listen on Spotify and of course Anchor.